0: on transforming lives
1: you see we're continuing talking about Jesus being our model and it is very very important for us to recognize and to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants us well
0: welcome to transforming lives a media ministry of Harvest Intercontinental Church in Alexandria Virginia Harvest Intercontinental Church Virginia Is a multicultural, missions oriented, disciple making church with the purpose of sharing the gospel with as many people as possible in the Northern Virginia area and around the world. Please join Reverend Obadiah Swen for today's message.
1: Amen. Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 9 to 12. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the river go will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there. For they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It w- shall be that the fishermen shall stand by it from Engidea and engilling. There will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kind as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but its swam and marsh marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt along the bank of the river on this side and that that will grow all kinds of trees used for food their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail they will bear fruit every month because their water flow from the sanctuary for their fruit will be the food and their leaves for medicine father in the name of jesus we give you the glory we give you the honor and then the praise. We thank you, Lord, because you are faithful. Holy Spirit come. Minister life unto your people. Quicken them. Strengthen them. Perfect your will in their lives. Give them hearts to believe, minds to understand, and wills to obey. Lord, I claim your sufficiency. Glorify yourself in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. One of the greatest examples of a person who stepped out in faith to receive healing is the woman with the issue of blood who pressed her way through the crowd to touch Jesus. The Bible tells us that she kept saying to herself, if I can just get to him, if I can just get near to him, if I can somehow touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be healed. The woman had an incurable condition. The Bible tells us that she had a, 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 her blood was flowing for 12 years. She has suffered from many physicians. She has spent all the money she had. This woman was destitute because all of her resources had gone to medical bills. But she heard about Jesus. She experienced, uh, um, she heard about what Jesus did, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, opening the eyes of the blind. Even though she experienced fear, anxiety, and, and suffer at the hands of her physician, she still believed and knew that if she could come in close contact with Jesus, she could be made whole. The Bible lets us know, that Jesus was passing away and there was a great crowd. And she pressed into the crowd. She, even though she was weak, she pressed into the crowd in order to touch Jesus' garment. I can just imagine this woman pushing and asking for people to excuse for her to get to Jesus. It was difficult. It was hard. During her day in the Jewish culture, A woman who was bleeding was considered unclean. And if anyone had seen her and caught her, she would have been stoned. But this woman pressed in because she believed that Jesus was the answer to her question and the solution for her problem. She reached out and she touched his garment. The Bible tells us that Jesus turned in the crowd and said, who touched me? Even his disciples were not sure that Jesus was making the right um, uh, 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 assertion. Because they said, Lord, all these people, you are in a crowd. Everybody is knocking against you. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus knew that someone had touched him with faith. The Bible tells us that a woman came falling down at his feet and explained the entire situation. I can just imagine this woman telling the entire story that we just read concerning her situation and Jesus said unto her woman your faith has made you whole you see we're continuing talking about Jesus being our model and it is very very important for us to recognize and to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God wants us well God wants us healed the Bible tells us That God has opened the floodgates of heaven. Within the last hundreds of years. um, There have been a major renewal. uh, Or an awakening in the healing ministry in our culture. And around the world. Many people are believing and trusting God. And God is restoring healing back to the body of Christ. And people are believing and trusting. And the passage that we read in in Ezekiel. The Bible tells us that the river, which represents the power and the spirit of, of God, will flow from the temple, from the church, and allow people to be healed because the water, everywhere the water goes, there will be healing. Everywhere the spirit of God goes, there will bring healing and deliverance and provision and victory. God desire that healing flows from his church. He has opened the windows of heaven, the floodgates of heaven. Ezekiel saw a vision of the divine flow of God released in the power of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit came on earth to establish the church. And when he established the church, there was a mighty baptism, a mighty outpouring. Many of the disciples experienced a change and a transformation. And these men who were fearful when Jesus was arrested and put on the cross became men who were bold, who went out into their community sharing this great gospel and letting people know that Jesus still heals today. We can trust God. We can believe God. We can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is releasing his healing power in our lives, and in our time today. God wants you healed and delivered and set free. You must be convinced that it is Christ's plan for us to perpetrate the healing manifestation of his grace and his power. He is ministering today. God is healing There are thousands and thousands of people who are experiencing healing and deliverance all over the world today. And you can be one of those that can experience and believe that God wants you healed. God's power is being released. And you can appropriate your healing in your life. Because he has opened the floor gates of heaven to pour into his church so that people will experience the grace and the power of God. Divine healing is a a, a spiritual inheritance of the church. If you have given your heart to Jesus, then healing is your bread. It is part of your inheritance. God has purpose, and and Jesus died on the cross so that you can experience it. You do not have to be afraid. You have to believe. You do not have to compromise or allow all kinds of traditions to hinder you from experiencing all that God wants you to experience. You need to know that God has opened the floor gates of heaven. And he has poured out his spirit. So that you can experience healing in your body. We also need to know that church. Um, God, Jesus had a purpose for his church. The Bible tells us that he confirmed by giving the church a great commission. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. And to heal the sick. To raise the dead. To cast out devils. To cleanse the lepers. To, 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 to freely he, we, he gave us, freely we should give. Amen. The, the Bible lets us know that Jesus commissioned the church to heal the sick. And you can experience healing in your body. Because when Jesus was on this side, he ministered healing. And deliverance and provision to people who came to him. We can see in Matthew chapter 21, the Bible tells us that Jesus went into the temple. Um, There are two particular instances in Jesus' life where Jesus cleansed the temple. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus went into the temple in John chapter 2 verse 15. And at the end of his ministry, Jesus went into the temple and cleansed the temple. And when you look in those two passages, it seems like the same thing, but they are two separate times. But the Bible lets us know that Jesus' desire is for His church to be a place of healing and deliverance. When Jesus was on his side, he went into the temple, and just before he went on the cross, the Bible says he, when he went to the temple, instead of meeting people, they are praying. And people helping the poor and helping those who were needed and healing and ministering to people. They were uh, 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 um, uh, uh, um, transacting business, selling and buying in the temple. And the Bible says that Jesus drive them up. He drive out the money changers. He drive out those who were in the temple. And He said to them, my father's house should be a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. You see, if you do not allow the right purpose of the church to function, then the church becomes a den of thieves. And Jesus, the Bible says, cleansed the temple. But that is very, very significant because when you look in the passage, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 21, verse 12, and when Jesus cleansed the temple, verse 14 says, Then the blind and the lame came to him, In the temple. And he healed them. The purpose of the house of God. The purpose of the church of God. The purpose of God's uh, presence. Here on earth. Is so that the sick can come to him. And he can heal them. And so that the sick can come to the church. The purpose for his church. Is for the sick. And the weary. and 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 the hurting. And the downtrodden. To come to the church and experience the healing power of God. Jesus has commissioned his church and he wants his church to do the same thing that he did. We do not need to be like um, the church, the temple doing that time in Jesus where we are transacting business and we stray away from the purpose. The purpose of the church is to spread the gospel, is to bring healing and deliverance to people who need it the most. And bring victory and salvation to them. Before Christ come back. The second time. For his church. He has to come in. To his church. To cleanse it. From all things. That doesn't belong there. Sometimes it is shameful. When we think about some of the things that happen. In the church. But don't be dismayed. God is faithful. You can trust God. You can repent and believe God and go back to your your first love and go back to the place where you allow God to touch your heart so that love can flow from your heart to touch the people who desire the most, those who are hating, who can't help themselves, who don't know the left from the right, who are believing for victory. Um, the um last Sunday was uh, uh uh um Father's Day and so there was a a, a particular story in the in, in Jonah. If you those of you who may know it, there's the story of Jonah in the scripture. And the Bible talks about Jonah, God went to Jonah and asked him for him to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital city of uh uh um uh, Damascus or the Assyrian and there was a wicked group of people these were the same people who had captured the israelites the the 10 tribes before and they had carried them and they were very ruthless the assyrians when they captured a particular nation they would spread them all over and so jonah did not want to go where god sent him and so the bible tells us that he took a ship and he was running away and there was a storm and they the sailors found out that Jonah was the one because he told them that God was the, uh, um, has sent him and he was trying to disobey God. And so they threw him into the, the sea. And when they threw him into the sea, the Bible says Jonah prayed and asked God and God caused a fish to swallow him and, and then put him up because he repented. And then Jonah decided to go to Nineveh. But Jonah was a, 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 a disobedient prophet. He, he he went to Nineveh, but he did not want God, um, the people to repent. And the Bible says there were three days from one part of the city to the other. And Jonah walked, and as he walked, he declared, um, within three days, God is going to destroy the city if you do not repent. And the Bible says that the people heard it, and they, they went, uh, put on sackcloth and ashes, and began to pray, and cry out to God. The king heard it, and the king pronounced a fast, and a uh, 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 A time of fasting for the entire nation. And God heard and saw and God relented. And Jonah was angry. Jonah was angry because God forgave the people. It it seems as if sometimes um, we who are believers, we are so adamant or quote unquote so holier than thou. That we do not want God to forgive those He wants to forgive the most. We fail to realize that we ourselves are sinners. And we ourselves have just received grace. But we look down on people who we quote unquote call very sinful people. Jonah had a problem with God's love and God's forgiveness. And many times, sometimes those of us in the church, we have a problem with God's love and God's forgiveness. But you can't have that kind of attitude because God said to Jonah, "These people do not know the left from the right, they are failed. they don't know how they've they've repented. How come I cannot forgive them? Jonah who received forgiveness did not want God to give forgiveness. We cannot be like that. The house of God should be the house of intercession and prayer, the house of healing and deliverance, the house of victory the um, seventh thing is that God is a healing God. The Bible lets us know from cover to cover, the word of God reveals that God heals the sick. God revealed himself as the healer. He said to the children of Asia, I am the Lord who heals you. He called himself Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. God desires that we experience his healing power and his grace and his victory. You see, the God we serve is a loving, merciful, and kind God. And we need to exude his heart. God loves you unconditionally. Um, Every time I think about the love of God, it's hard to explain. In fact, even the Bible says that the love of God is beyond comprehension. Our natural finite mind cannot understand the depths of God's love to us. But God loves us. God is the only person who knows you inside and outside. He's with you 24-7 every minute of the day. And yet God does not judge you. He loves you for who you are. God loves you unconditionally. He is not going to love you any more than he loves you right now. And he's not going to love you any less than he loves you right now. He loves you with an everlasting love. And his heart is for him to have a relationship with you. Jesus came because God wanted a relationship with us. God was looking for sons and daughters. God was looking for a family. And God sent, even Adam and Eve, when they failed, God sent Jesus to come and to die and to breach the gap, to remove the sin problem. So that we can have a relationship with God. Regardless of your sin. Regardless of your fault. Regardless of your pain. Regardless of your sickness. Regardless of your disease. Regardless of everything. The atrocities that are happening around you. Or even some of us are causing by ourselves. God still loves you. And God desires your best. He wants you healed. He wants you whole. He wants you delivered. God is rooting for you. God is like the 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 the, the father in the story of the prodigal uh and son who loves his son both sons because both of them one of them was wayward. He decided that he he he, he wanted his uh, 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 uh Uh, uh, part of the inheritance. In essence, he was saying to his father, I wish you were dead. And he took it and went out and he spent it on riotous living. But when he came to his senses, he came and the father received him, didn't judge him, received him back, celebrated him and restored him as a son. The older brother who was in the house, like many of us, um, was serving diligently, but he did not understand the heart of the father. He said to the father, he accused the father as being uh, impartial, as being mean. He said, all these years I have served you and you have not given me anything for me to celebrate with my friends. And the father was like, what? Everything I have is yours. You don't have to ask for it. You just have to enjoy it. You didn't need to wait for me to give you a good or something to celebrate with your friends. It's already yours. And sometimes we miss the heart of God. The wayward son was running away from God in sin and rebellion. The older son was running away from God because he did not understand the father's heart. He did not understand the love of the father. He was accusing him as being partial. In fact, in that story, when the older brother talked about his brother, he didn't even say, my brother. He said, your son. Because he had distanced himself from his his younger brother. We need to know that God did not die. Jesus did not die for us when we were loving him. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that God commanded his love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Jesus died. Jesus died when we were still hitting God. But we're still doing all of the mess that we already do. That's why we need to have the Father's heart. That's why we need to understand the love of God. That's why we need to know so much. Because God knows us, knows everything about us. And he still loves us. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. plans of good and not evil. Plans to 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 restore you and bring you to an expected end. You see, God loves us, and He desires for us to understand and experience His love. The Word of God is true. God depends on, I mean, relies on His Word. And Paul said, "Who, what? For what some? What if some do not believe?" Shall unbelief make the fate of God without effect? He said, God forbid. Let God be true and every person a liar. God is not going to deny himself. In Timothy, the Bible says that if we are not faithful, Jesus remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. If we receive the healing power of God that is flowing in our lives and he wants to flow in the church, and amongst his people, we must understand that God is good and faithful and true. And we must trust him for who he is. I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your grace to your people. Those who are sick in the body, I pray, Lord, that you would touch them right where they are. Holy Spirit, Come. Fill their hearts, fill their lives. Wherever they are, oh God, touch them in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every sickness and disease over your body and over your life. I come against the plans of the enemy. Those whose hearts are broken, relationships who are, are tinted. I pray for the peace of God to fill your soul and to fill your heart. I pray that you will understand the unconditional love of God and that you will run to the Father. You will desire to understand and to know that God wants his house to be a place of rest and healing and deliverance and victory. God loves you with an everlasting love. There's nothing that you can do that will turn away the love of God from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for spending this time with us. We do not like to end our broadcast without giving you the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior.
2: Amen. We are excited that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We would like to send you some free materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. So please write or email us at Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia. It is 305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandra, Virginia, 22309 or admin at harvestersvirginia.com. We encourage you to join a good Bible-believing church so that you can serve the Lord with other believers. If you live in the northern Virginia, Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, we invite you to worship with us at any of our services. On Sunday at 11 a.m., our contemporary worship service. On Wednesday night, our Bible study at 8 p.m. On Friday at 8 p.m., our intercessory prayer meeting. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you. God bless you.
0: This has been a presentation of Transforming Lives, a media ministry of Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia. We are located on 8305 Richmond Highway, Suite 2A, Alexandria, Virginia, 22309. Please join us at one of our services on Sunday at 11 a.m., Contemporary Worship, Wednesday at 8 p.m., Bible Study, and Friday at 8 p.m., Intercessory Prayer. For more information about Harvest Intercontinental Church, Virginia, and how you can partner with us, please visit our website at harvestersvirginia.com or email us at admin at harvestersvirginia.com.